Hi, everybody. So this is going to be really fun. We are here to talk about the latest Ghibli Fest, uh, Studio Ghibli film. This is actually technically, it's kind of weird that they picked this movie because it's not technically a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, right. We're talking about Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, and my friend Stanford is here to talk about it with me. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi. And this is going to be fun because this movie is pretty special. It is. It's it's a it's a beautiful, wonderful movie. I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's wildly, you know, considered to be one of the 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 best animated films ever ever made. I, I, it's certainly in that discussion, and it it's a movie that has so many layers. It's a challenge. I feel intimidated just sitting here ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing that I like it because I am not a dystopian fan. I, in general, I do not like those stories because they feel very cynical to me and uh, just leave me feeling depressed. And uh, so I don't tend to like those kinds of stories. I don't uh, like The Hunger Games, for instance, that everybody else loves. I've only seen one of the movies. I did not like the books. Um, but typically those kind of stories are just... I don't know. They're just very cynical about human nature and yeah. things like that. And I just don't tend to like that kind of story. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't, I don't care for dystopian anything. Uh, but this felt different, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why do you think it feels, it feels different? Well, I think part of it was the artistry and how the story was told, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole dystopian society that the characters are living in is told during the open. The reason why they're in the current state is told in, during you know in the, during the opening credits, with a lot of those very beautiful paintings that show what happened just through imagery. And you don't necessarily you're not spoon fed the stuff, nor are you hit over a you know your your head with a club mm-hmm. by it. I just I just thought they told it in such a nice way. You know, it's because it's based on. Uh, Miyazaki's graphic novel of the same title. I wondered if that helped it too. Yeah, I think it could be it. So he wrote a yeah manga graphic novel yeah. uh, about this this story, and I just it blows me away. Like, how does one human being have all of these stories in his I know. and this world building and this like it's so amazing. I mean, I was so amazed by that too. It's like this guy is such a genius. I can't even believe it you know, comes up with the stuff. And this is just one of the, one the many of the worlds that he's created. Like, Amazing. it's just incredible. incredible. I, I just, unbelievable. And yeah, there's definitely a closeness. And I think that, uh, that there's also a sense of hope that the movie right. never loses ever, yeah, in ever. my opinion. No, never. And I think that's another big part of it too. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and so I, I think that you you create a character that feels emotionally true, and that there are story and a character, and you you just, they happen to be in this dystopian environment, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not some kind of warning <laughs> to right. the viewers that you know this is the like the horrible things of human nature if anything this is a showing how 
wonderful human nature is and how a redemption, a redemption power mm-hmm. in the human nature. So mm-hmm. it's sort of the opposite of what most dystopians end up doing, at least for me. And I mean, I would say this movie is even more hopeful in tone and feel than Princess Mononoke. Yes. No, I agree. Cause I kept thinking about Princess Mononoke throughout this, throughout watching this too. And yeah, but it's yeah, it, it's still there's something different about it. And I think you, I think you captured it as that yeah. hopeful, more hopeful element. Yeah, but. I mean, Princess Mononoke is definitely a little bit preachier as far as the environmental yes. things. Uh, but it's 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 more sort of it's different. It's very compelling because it's so brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. and so different. There's no other animated film quite like it, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but this, I, yeah, I think, especially seeing, I wish I could see Princess Mononoke on a big screen because, uh, this just left me with feeling so inspired. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of, I, I love the book, The Giver. I, the movie was underwhelming, but, uh, that's the only other dystopian I can think of that sort of left me feeling hopeful and as far as after I read it. And uh, feeling sort of positive was yeah. the giver. <laughs> yeah, and this, uh, the you know the how nature plays into this dystopian world mm-hmm. to me was so another really uh, mm-hmm. unique part yeah. of it because even though a lot of the humans thought nature was the enemy, nature really was an an ally. Yeah. You know? and, it ends up saving them. Yeah. And which is such, I think such an interesting component that you, you don't seem to get in, a, in these other, other dystopian yeah. things to me. And again, there probably are some, some of your listeners would probably like whatever Stanford, but uh, <laughs> because I'm not that familiar with, cause I, I don't like dystopian stuff. You yeah. know, I, 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 I steer clear of it. Right. Right. So, okay. So basically you have this post apocalyptic, civilization and you have uh, this valley that has been created in amidst this forest that is highly toxic. It's a toxic jungle. And uh, the, there's these giant insects that are, uh, that have kind of created this poisonous environment and uh, that are sort of the the, the ohms, the ohms. And they're seeing this kind of the enemy of the humans and uh, they're they're really gnarly looking. And the first time I saw it, it did take me a, a second to kind of warm up to these bugs. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know, as you probably know, Rachel, there's one right there's there the po- on that Studio Ghibli poster right behind you. Yeah. There's there's the <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Right for anybody there. who's watching, yeah, there's Nausicaa right there, and and then one of the ohms, the baby ohm. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Or a baby ohm. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the lead character is Nausicaa and she is the princess of this, of this valley, valley yeah. of this thing. And I think what's the greatest thing about Nausicaa is that she is so pure and she, she wants to help people so bad. Like her intentions are so, she's so unselfish mm-hmm. and it makes you really love her. And she, but she feels real it's not like this is some kind of superhero type person yeah uh she she has a very pure noble heart yes she does you know i i know we'll probably be talking about this a lot Uh, i i love her character so much because 
I think because of her commitment to uh, her beliefs, because her beliefs are so pure, as you said, you know, she's so committed to love and to understanding and, and she's unwavering with it, but not in a offensive way. It's in a noble way, you know? Uh, Oh, I'm so, so impressed with her, her character. Really, Mm -hmm. really tremendous. Yeah. She's great. And so there's this whole like prophecy that this sort of savior of the humans will appear in blue robes and uh, will descend from this golden field and uh, will come and help save the people and uh, to this uh, pure land and that they'll find the pure land. And so, uh, so Nausicaa is going out into the toxic jungle with her uh, mask and everything. And she's trying to, uh, you know, she's, uh, looking for, uh, I forget what it is. She's like basically like harvesting stuff that they can use and different things yeah. like that. She's harvesting stuff and she's gathering quite a collection yeah. of, of plant life that she's kind of not telling people about. Right. Cause just, cause everybody thinks that all the plants are toxic, but she finds that if, if she grows them in a certain way, that they're not toxic. Right. Yeah. Right? And so then there are these this group called the Tol- Tolmechians. Yeah. That crash in the valley. And the, the, uh, they're, they're the bad guys, right? Which you call the. Yeah, they're kind of the bad guys. Kind of the bad guys, yeah. There's a. There's. They, they have this uh, giant warrior, uh, which is this. Uh, like. <laughs> toxic weapon, not a biohazard kind of Free. weapon. A freaky thing, which they can grow, right? <laughs> yeah. And what are their motivations in your mind? You what know, are they I'm, trying to do? I'm so glad you asked that because I wanted to explore that as well. I I felt that they were just operating out of fear. Yeah. And that they were just almost purely reactive. Just like, this environment is so horrible, we're going to fight it. You know, we're going to... And so all they seemed like they were doing, they were just trying to kill all the ohms and just, they just wanted to waste them. And that, that giant thing, the monster that they were, you know, yeah. help, trying to help grow, just what would, I think just would wipe them out. But they didn't, it didn't seem like it was so much that they were trying to like dominate. Like they weren't trying to, I don't think take over Nausicaa and her, you know, and her people's, kingdom but i think they wanted they were so scared by all this they all it's the only thing they knew how to do is was take them out and they wanted the other people to to join with them because they needed the help really right well and they just want to burn everything right right with it wasn't so much that i even felt that they wanted to rebuild you know, they just wanted to destroy. I, yeah, they just want to, like, burn everything and then, like, I guess, I don't know, just start over, I guess? Yeah. Or, like, uh, yeah, it's it's a little confusing. I'm not going to lie. No, I was confused by that, too. And, again, they weren't just, like, flat-out villains, but clearly they were in the way, right? Of, and they were they were causing a lot of problems for Nausicaa and yeah. for, her, for her people. I thought that there – so there are two leaders – were pretty There's cool. the princess Kushana, yeah. Kushana, right? Who has this bionic arm, which is so cool. It doesn't get revealed until later in the film. Are we talking about the same person, Rach? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then her, 
her sidekick, you know, whoever he is, he's, is her advisor. Yeah. What's that guy's name? So, uh, yeah. I was Pajit? To, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And well, no, the Pajit. Oh, no, that's, that's the town. That's the town. What's the guy's name? Yeah, I couldn't find uh, it. The <laughs> name. Because uh, <laughs> Lord Yupa, he's Patrick Stewart in the dub. He's the he's from Nausicaa. He's from yeah. the valley. And he's uh, Osbel? Of, is it Osbel? Osbel. Osbel's the little boy. The boy who's who's Nausicaa's Kushanek brand. And I, yeah, I thought was getting confused. Sorry about this, but I thought that. Kushana also maybe was the Osbel's sister who got killed in the plane crash. Remember that plane crash that happens and 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 at the very beginning, near the beginning, and it's Nausicaa, Princess Lastel. Oh, that's right. Lastel, yeah, she's the one who gets killed. She, yeah, she dies. Yeah, and uh, so she and Thank she 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 tries to get Nausicaa to destroy. Uh, everything to destroy the cargo, to destroy the 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 great weapon, the giant war giant warrior. Yeah, the giant warrior. Yeah, and is it? Uh, let's see, Lestel. Uh, let's see. Um, I can't remember that guy's name. Anyway, but yeah, he's got he's got some charisma. He's definitely sort of a a classic uh, villain type yes, with classic villain design. You know. Yeah. <laughs> In Might as well way, have the mustache. Yeah, and in a way, he, I mean that's that design kind of reminds me of of Lupin the Third. You know, just that, just that kind of. Look. Yeah, that's uh, a good comparison. Yeah, of a of an anime type of character. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, their their plan is that they want to like burn the toxic jungle and then I guess like start over again. But like Nasca doesn't want to do that because she's developed this other other jungle she believes that purity can can exist plus they have the valley itself and it'll ruin the valley if yeah. they uh destroy the, like that'll make the bugs and stuff come to the valley mm-hmm. if they burn the jungle and so she's trying to protect her people and uh it it's it, it's it, i don't know it's it's so funny because we're talking about all this but it almost doesn't really matter uh, all this kind of mechanisms because you're just kind of what matters in this is is Nausicaa. She's the one that matters and you're just kind of following her as she has one thing happen to her after another, after another. It's so true. Uh, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, some of the plot twists I was wondering about and then I thought, you know, it doesn't matter. It's really, yeah, it's all about mm-hmm. her. It's all about her. And her yeah. Business. So uh, she, she goes through a lot of different kind of, I don't know, a lot of different kind of changes and different things where she will, uh, um, well, she'll go from like, uh, being, uh, knocked out to being, uh, you know, really strong to being like, it's really quite this journey for her. It is, isn't it? She, and she gets injured. I mean, (laughs) she, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, but again, her, her courage and her bravery are so well, uh, executed, I think, by the you know by the filmmakers because again, it never feels like you know how sometimes in the, not necessarily even in an animated film, but like how many times can a hero get knocked down? You know, just like yeah. how can anybody physically even deal with that? <laughs> I never felt that way 
with her. I mean, she has some hard things, but yeah, it's still with, it kind of fits within this world, you know, of, of how she's able to keep climbing. Again, it's just her amazing commitment and her bravery. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you think that she's meant to be sort of a, like a Christ symbol? Oh, character? absolutely. You know, uh, near that final scene, which I don't want to, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about, it. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, but anytime I, I think there's a character with their arms stretched out. Yeah. Uh, and there's that big scene, you know, where she's coming in on the glider with her arms stretched out. I, I often think it's, 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 it's a, a symbol, symbol of, of Christ or, a, or of a savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that the the world. Well, the world building is great in this, but the machine building, of course, of course, oh, Miyazaki is amazing when it comes to planes, and that's his one of his passions, one of his Those loves. Planes, I just loved every design. They were so cool. Yeah, every single one of them, huh? Yeah, it was really really cool. I mean, when when certain planes get blown up, you're almost like, oh no, because that was so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Every single plane. I know. I'm with you. I, 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 that was something that just stood out to me a lot as well. And I've noticed that, in, you know, of course, in the, his other films. But this one in particular, the designs were so wonderful. Because, again, this, this post-apocalyptic world, it's very relatable. But still, there's a, there's a real element of fantasy in a way, in a way to it, too. Or a fancifulness just because it's not in our world, you know, it's not, it's not something that you probably would ever see in, in, in our world. Oh, but they're so wonderful. I'm with you. I just couldn't get enough of those planes. Yeah. Nazca has that cool glider. I love that glider. I do too. (laughs) What is that? It doesn't have like a little jet thing in it too. That helps it get off the ground. It has to, because there are certain times when it's like, there's not, it has to. Yeah. It's got some, some kind of propulsion system. But then also she she glides along the wind and it's mm-hmm. it's and it's just and all of those shots are so beautifully done too you know mm-hmm. sky oh I love loved it yeah and I I I think it's a very tense scene when she's on the uh, on the bigger bigger planes and it's like one gets taken out and then like the next one oh my gosh and I then <laughs> you're like oh my gosh what's gonna yeah. happen yeah. <laughs> So they managed to create a lot of good tension. Good tension. You know, in some ways, Rachel, and what did you think about this? It, you know, it, it, it felt like a war movie in, in some yeah. ways. Which, That's a good thing. That's a good comparison. Which I thought was interesting because, uh, again, it's, it's really an anti-war film, but some of those scenes really felt like you were watching, you know, a World War II movie, you know, made in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think what makes uh, Nausicaa one of the many things that makes her so special is that, like, she seems to be the only one that not only can calm the Om, but that like tries to calm to calm right. the Om. Nobody else even attempts attempts to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. after all she's been through, like the way that she's just is so there's just like a peace about her, and that's probably continuing sort of that Christ sort of metaphors yeah. is uh, that you know the way that she's able to do that again and again through the whole story. Yes. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there, there is a point where uh, she ends up in falling and then ends up in quicksand. 
Uh, and it's, pr- that's a pretty great sequence. That's a cool sequence, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's with Osbell, the boy, right? She's with Osbell. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, she goes through the quicksand and, uh, and you think, what's, what's happened to her? And you see she's, uh, she's on the ground. She's woken up and, uh, she, her mask has been, has been taken off. And so you're like, oh my gosh. And, uh, and it turns out she's fine. And, uh, the, that the insects have created or the nature has created, uh, a, uh, um, free and, uh, a clean area mm-hmm. for them to uh, for them to live, I guess you'd say, underneath yeah. a toxic jungle. Yeah. And wasn't that a amazing setting in there oh, too? Yeah. I I loved it again, just the way it was, uh, the color design of it, and how it was lit. It was almost like I love it when trees are used as it almost looked like flying buttresses in a Gothic cathedral. You know the way. Uh, they were so tall, but they also formed a, a bit of a ceiling. Uh, it was gorgeous. This, this it was, it was a wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because it's humans that have caused this, uh, this toxic jungle and caused that to occur. Um, but it's also them who are going to sort of redeem the jungle also, you know, that they're the ones that are, uh, so it's it's sort of an interesting, almost a circle of life kind of a, a feel yes. to it a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well yeah, so uh, it's you know it's 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 an interesting thing, and uh, you know she does have interactions with people like Osbel and uh, the villain that we can't seem to think of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the, the cool bionic arm. <laughs> yeah, right. And then then there's the princess. And, uh, and then her father at a certain point is brought up and then you have, uh, and he's killed, I, I believe. Yeah. His father, yeah. her father gets killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then also Lord Yupa, yes. who is the sword maker of the town. I like, I think the, there's that scene where he, he, he has like those ceramic swords oh, and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. Cause that was, that was just like straight out of a. Uh, you know, karate movie or something. I mean, just the way, you know, the way that was done, that was so cool. And Lord Yupa's or y- Yupa is an interesting character too. Again, cool design. I love that hat that he always wore, you know, with his yeah. low down, down to his eyes. But, but uh, we find out in the film that the guy's got skills and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a fun set. That's a fun scene when he's yeah. fighting those swords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah. And uh what do you think is the the power of the like those yellow um the so the the ohm have these like strands these hair I don't know what you call them yeah. that that are like gold and Almost, yeah like a tentacle or something right or some yeah. kind of a thing yeah. And they are able to they have like they have uh healing properties that uh that help to not only heal the the toxic jungle but also heal Nausicaa at a certain point and other people. Yes. You and, know, I, I thought that they were I thought that was just a I interpreted it as uh just a wonderful component of nature and na- the healing power of nature mm-hmm. and and 
Miyazaki and his team chose to express that through through that part of the ohms yeah bo- you know body structure uh and cuz they were they weren't necessarily weapons were they they were mostly you seem to use to they seem always seem to use to heal and not to harm Mm-hmm. Their bodies themselves would be the weapons, right? Because they could just plow through anything. Yeah. Plus, they move in groups of, you know, herds of two million. Well, and there was definitely a feel that they only worked for somebody that was truly worthy. Right. For it to work. It almost reminded me of, like, Rapunzel's hair entangled. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's exactly like Rapunzel's hair. Yeah. That, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it kind of, yeah, with the same, the gold glow, right? When, when, when yeah. it was. When they were do working their working their magic, but uh, yeah, I, it was a cool storytelling element. I thought just about the healing power of nature, mm-hmm. and I loved how they that was expressed in these bugs. Because you see the bugs again, looking at that that poster. Yeah, behind you. I mean, they're they're scary looking. They are. They're very scary. And, and there's uh, times when, like, just, there's a lot of, there's times when, like, just tons of the bugs are just, like, dead. Like, huge, you know. And, and there's times when every everybody, there's times, there's a lot of, of loss in this movie. Yeah, and, and yeah. That's why I was saying war movie, you know. I mean, there's just. Yeah, there's, you're right. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of bug loss. There's a lot of human loss. There's a lot yeah. of human loss in the film. It's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. yeah, and and I think what makes because I cried like several times in the movie, and it was always because I just felt so emotionally connected to Nasica, and I felt like she was trying so hard, and it kind of reminded yeah. me of like when when Jesus sees that the 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 people are sleeping, you know, and he's like, "Could you not wait one hour with me?" And that's sort of how yeah. I felt sometimes with Nasik, like, couldn't you do better? Like, couldn't you try harder? Couldn't you help me more? Why do I have to do this sort of no, That's and, a really good comparison, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. She has to be the one to, to do it. It's her, it's, I guess it's her burden. Yeah. That she really does. Well, and, and yeah, cause it's a really good point. Cause finally, you know, I think that people get on board like Asbel, you know, and, and, when he helps her escape, you know, she's, she's one of the many challenges that she has is that the lady with the bionic arm, you know, they, they, they trap her on in one of those cool airplanes and she's basically in a prison cell and she can't, you know, she can't get out and they figure out a way to, to, to get her out. But, but yeah, it seems like everybody's against her. So it's so nice to see, that was so nice to see people helping her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. She, as Asbel ends up helping her get free uh, yeah. from the, the ship and, you know, and she's just trying to like warn her people mm-hmm. because they're going to try to unleash all these bugs on the Valley. She's trying to warn the the Valley and you have this like scene where there's these tanks and, uh, and the, the Tomekians and, and the, the, the giant warrior, uh, and then there's the bugs and <laughs> yeah. So and I, I, you know, her, her plight made me, made me emotional too. I, I, one of the things that I also kept feeling was kind of this just sense of awe. Like my jaw was dropping at, at all the stuff that was happening. Like you say with the, look at that 
that final third where it's just nonstop, oh, yeah. ac- nonstop action. And that, uh, you know, when the bugs are fighting that giant monster, part of it too, I mean, the imagery is just so unusual. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, it's these great artists at Studio Ghibli, you know, that have come up with this stuff that's so inventive and so, so fanciful and just awe-inspiring, didn't you think? Just, oh, my gosh, yeah. Like I couldn't like, believe what I was watching. <laughs> well, she's able to get the Ohms, basically, like, their trust very pretty quickly, and and then they stand off against this, like, against this great, great warrior and against this huge, like, basically, like, herd and uh and it's it's uh this uh you know they're c- completely outnumbered uh but that's when finally you know after she sort of sacrifices herself and these and these ohm uh, for for the valley that's when they they basically resurrect her at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she 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 becomes that person in blue that she had seen it that was part of the prophecy and it coming out of the gold fields and, and the gold fields are all of those tentacle things or whatever you know we were talking about from the ohms yeah that have, that have helped heal her and then cre- yeah create this ethereal field of gold i mean it looks like almost like wheat waving in the wind doesn't it when she yeah and that's just again so masterfully animated Gorgeous. Yeah, it's emotional and it feels, it just feels, it feels true. It feels, uh, I don't know, like you feel devastated, you feel inspired, you feel everything all at once. And I, I couldn't even like, that's the thing that's weird about this movie is that uh, if somebody were to say, is it a little convoluted? Yep, it is. <laughs> it is, but it didn't really matter to me because I thought the emotion was there. Like if I'm, if I'm having to write some kind of like, paper on what happens in Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, I'm going to struggle a little bit because right. and I was a little intimidated to come to this podcast. I'm like, how do I explain this? But while you're watching it, it totally works and you're totally immersed and you're just waiting for the next thing to happen. And uh, because I think that character is so well done and so well written. And I really think, I mean, I was going through because I do love Miyazaki's, uh, you know, female characters, his, his lead protagonist. And I, but it's hard to think of anyone that's more complex, more rich, more emotional, more meaningful than Nausicaa. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree. There's something about Nausicaa. Uh, you know, she's got a, a history of, of sadness and pain. Yet, as you said, mm-hmm. she never, she's always, she's optimistic, but she's not annoyingly optimistic. You no. Just, you just feel this. She's got this sense of purpose yeah. about her that is just, you know, as we've, as we've already said, but it's unwavering and I'm with you. I, I just absolutely love that about her. And then when she, you find out, I mean, she's, she's the one from the prophecy too. I mean, that is the coolest moment when, cause she was in this pink thing. And when that, when all the tentacles heal her, you know, it changes her robe to blue and, I mean, I knew it was going to, you know, I knew it was going to happen, but still, to see it on the big screen and again, and Joe Hisaishi's sound, you know, oh. incredible soundtrack going and these visuals. I mean, it's it was such a treat. It was such mm-hmm. a treat. Oh, it was so. amazing on the big screen. I oh. was completely just like blown away. 
Wow. And, you know, it, it ends on this like hopeful note with them finding yeah. the, the uh, plant uh, in the, uh, underneath the toxic jungle and, uh, and with Nausicaa being, you know, the ruler and, uh, and you just know that everything's going to be okay. And, yeah, gonna uh, be okay. and I think it, I don't know, it meant something to me, especially like with such a, uh, a tense, weird political climate that we have right now in our country. Like, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like I felt this movie more than I have in the past. Uh huh. Without getting too political. But I don't know. It was just like, it was something I, I felt like I needed to see this on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's something about the timing of it, which was uh, pretty, pretty remarkable. Cause again, it really, it's, it's, it's so interesting because it speaks to human politics and then also humans treating of the environment. And, yeah. and that's also well, so political too. I think too, it, it has, uh, it never has hopeless people. Like it, it has this, these things that are really hard. And sometimes I can feel that way now that like, there's just these things that are really hard that we're dealing with. And, and, uh, but, uh, there's, I don't know, there's just never, there's never a hopeless moment. There's never a, in my opinion. And there's, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's really easy nowadays to be like that, that is evil and that is good. And uh, you know, we have to like resist the evil, but this is, I just, something about it is sort of more complicated and, and yeah. more sort of hopeful about uh-huh. it all. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, that's one of the things, I mean, one of the bazillion things we love about Miyazaki, but it's, it's a complex story. It's not just black and white. Right. Uh, as we were saying, like, even with the villains, we don't really understand the motive other than they were just, like, burning everything. But uh, they weren't just, like... They were still evil. trying to do what's right in their view. Yeah, in their, in view. their, in their view. And, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really co- complex. Compared to, like, the villain in Castle in the Sky, which worked for that story, that kind of story, but he's very, like... Oh. You yeah, he, he he really is. He was such a yeah, a, a more traditional style villain. Yeah, so cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is just this is just people that are grasping at straws and uh, and trying to get through. And Nasca is the one who is able to bond with everyone, and she's able to see the good in everything. And I think that's just what makes you love her. And, uh, it's just, it's just great. And I found it very emotional and I found it very moving and awe inspiring. And I, I honest, I felt jealous. I felt like jealous of music. Like, how, how did you do this? Like, that's how I was trying to, I, I wish I could yeah. ask him, like, how did you think of all this? How did you, how, how did you do it? Like, that's so I mean, amazing no, to me. I'm uh, so, I totally agree, Rachel. I, I left the same thing with just, even more respect for, for, for Miyazaki and, you know, and his team. Yeah. yeah, How in the world do they come up with these incredible (laughs) stories and tell, and tell them so well. Yeah. And And I didn't see the, uh, 
the dubbed, I saw the subbed, but the Me dubbed isn't half bad. Uh, it's got Allison Lohman, Patrick Stewart, Shia LaBeouf, Uma Thurman, Chris Sarandon. It's a pretty good dub. So if you, uh, if you feel intimidated, uh, by, by the subtitles, this is a, a pretty good one to, to see. And, and see it. Yeah. You know, cause it's, 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 it's so, it's so, um, it's so great. Did you feel, uh, I know we talked, you know, earlier about how this, with this anti-war statement or pro-environment statement of it too. How do you think Miyazaki does it as well without, again, hitting you over the head, as I, as I like to say, with the, with the message? Uh, I'm so, imp- so impressed by that. I know, yeah. me too. I, it's hard to, to to describe. I guess yeah. it's the, but I think because it gets down to core emotions, yeah. uh, as opposed to yeah. bad guys and good guys, which a lot of anti-war or pro-war kind of does. You know, it's like you either got in a propaganda kind of film. It's like we're the good guys, we're the nationalists, we're the whatever, uh, and and the anti-war is is the opposite. You know, like the, there's the evil evil government or the evil army or whatever it might be. Whereas this, it's all about uh, the, the essence of who these characters are and how fear is, is driving this conflict, fear of the forest, fear of humans, fear of death, fear of, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and also like a certain degree of sort of hatred (laughs) that they have prejudice, prejudice against the Ohm, prejudice against the other people, uh, and how, uh, I mean, it's going to sound really, really cheesy, but like how, like love and, and seeing like, she's the only one that like feel, I feel like even tries to bond with the Ohm and tries to, to sort of calm them. And, and, and I don't know, there's just something about this that makes you feel like, it's hard to it's hard to feel like preached to and it's hard to feel frustrated or whatever by an anti-war message when it's so uh something that all of us can do. We can all sort of reach out and be more hopeful and try to understand people better and yeah. uh and it's just so beautiful that you kind of want to uh that you kind of want to go on the journey with the characters. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you think? No, I I I'm with you. I think again it's just so interesting that you know most of the people in the movie, Nausicaa, you know, is the exception, and other people get on board with her, but uh, feel like the Ohm are the enemy, right? And they're trying to take out the Ohm, the, all, the, all the giant bugs. But they're not, you know, they're not the enemy. In fact, they're, they're the ones that kind of heal it and make things yeah. better. And well- yeah, because there's hope. This is uh, it's all about sort of building these bridges between these yeah. all these different people. Right. And and I think that it also gives you enough like glimpses of that hope. Mm-hmm. You know, where you see you have these moments of peace where she's surrounded by the yellow, the the yellow bands, or moments when she's in the uh, in the toxic free zone. Uh, yeah. You you just have these little moments where it's like, okay, we can do that. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's almost like the misunderstanding is the villain, you know, like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. People just not understanding, uh, or or applying judgment on, on something that they just don't 
fully understand. And Noska's the one who who understands them and is and is is committed to you know helping mm-hmm. people understand. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think what's the most special about this movie is I really feel like I could watch it a hundred times and oh, get new things out of it every I time. Know. I feel the same way. I again, I wanted. I feel. I felt this way after every one of these Studio Ghibli films, Rachel. I just wanted <laughs> to sit there and have them play it again, you know. Uh, but I, I thought the same thing. It's like I pick up new things every time. It's so. It's so complex. It's so. Uh, there's so much thought and uh, craft put into into these films you probably could never absorb it all even after you know a whole bunch of viewings yeah so i don't know the only thing i would i guess i would say is like this probably isn't one for for little kids like if you have if you have small children and it might be kind of overwhelming for people yeah for if you're not sort of uh, comfortable with anime a little bit. This is not the one that I would pick as my first no, go-to. This is not your welcome to anime movie. Uh, yeah. There were some people on my row at the theater. They had maybe a four-year-old child that was there with them. And yeah. he wasn't, she was good. I mean, she wasn't, and she wasn't crying or, or acting up or anything, but I just wondered if that, the film, maybe she, and maybe she'd already been exposed to it at home, you know, she had seen it, but, uh, it seems like it would be a little overwhelming. Yeah, uh, I think that Ponyo or no, Totoro are the ones. Those are for, the ones. Yeah. To kind of get your feet wet with Studio <laughs> Ghibli. And, yeah. And, and that are so family friendly. Yeah. yeah. I, by the way, I reviewed Ponyo this weekend um, for Family Movie Night. So if you cool. want, <laughs> if you want to check that out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, if you were to give this a score from 1 to 10, what do you think? Where do you, where would you have it? Oh my stars! At least a nine point five, if not higher. Yeah. And maybe just I I almost want to give it a perfect ten range because I think it's such a masterpiece. I can't. I still can't quite decide if if the convoluted nature of it is you know if if it's just me you know <laughs> maybe with uh, again. Uh, I was just reading the subtitles, you know, and, 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 and cultural differences or whatever, but it's still, it's, it's a, it's a masterpiece. I'd really go, I'd really rank it high. How about you? Yeah. And that word is used very, uh, uh, so much these days that it almost, I feel like it's almost lost its meaning. Masterpiece, masterpiece, masterpiece. It's like, I agreed. Calm down. I should find a better word. (laughs) No, no. I'm, but I'm saying in this case, it's actually valid. Yeah. So I'm saying that this is not one of those cases where you're just like throwing it around for nothing. This is like actually true. This really yeah. is a masterpiece. It is so rich. It is so deep. It has so many layers. It's, it's, it's just, it's so well executed. It's not too long. It's not, in my opinion, not boring. It keeps going it and uh, it keeps you engaged and it has such great characters. So I, I'm with you. I, I think yeah. Given this one the ten, the yeah. perfect ten. I, I really just love it. I yeah. I, I was so such a good film. and I think I just needed it because I just it's so easy to feel kind of feel just sort of despairing these days. You know, I stopped kind of paying attention to the to the news and to politics and stuff like that because it's just like 
It's just so so depressing. So depressing, and every day there's something new to be outraged by, and something horrible. new to yeah. you know, and it's like everybody's sort of pitted against each other. And I think I just needed to see this and have that sort of hope that uh, that it it felt. I just needed to feel that <laughs> for a couple hours, if that makes no, sense. No, it totally makes sense, and I I think too, Nausicaa is a good it's a good reminder of of nobility, you know, nobility. I mean, cause ultimately Nausicaa is human. Yeah. And that's what I love about, I love about that too, is like, she is the best. She is the, she demonstrates the the very best of human behavior where others of people around her don't, but she mm-hmm. does. And she does it consistently. And yeah. That's I'm a good way to describe it. It makes really you feel inspiring. like, it makes you feel like in the worst of times, there's still like this humanity and there, maybe that's why it, it meant something more to me this time than yes. when I've seen it in the past. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I would rank it. We'll have to see after we finish all of these, but, uh, but it's just really special. So it, it was a lot of fun. And next month we have such a treat with a uh, um, spirited, spirited away. away. Oh my gosh. I love that movie. That's one of the first Studio Ghibli films I saw on the big screen. Yeah, Spirited me too. It might, actually, it might have been Princess Mononoke. Okay. I, I I forget. It's been yeah. a while. But, wow. It's what? certainly it's it's the coolest film. one of my favorite animated films. It's oh. so amazing. And I think uh, what's so great about Spirited Away is literally every scene is unpredictable. You have... I mean, it is the most original film I think I've ever seen in my oh, life. Yeah. You know, it's just like you have no idea what's going to come next. And so it's a real delight uh, to watch. Yes. Agreed. I can't wait. So that'll be fun. So, fact, all right. Already, well, thanks I'm for talking. Morning when the Studio Ghibli Fest is ending, Rachel. I can't, I can't, I can't even go there. This is so great. I have loved these movies so much. I know. I was thinking, can we, like, contact... Uh, G kids have them just keep it going. Can you do this every month from like, (laughs) you know, here to eternity, please. Yeah. Cause really there isn't a, I've never seen a studio Ghibli film that I haven't liked. I mean, the, the worst one is probably the tales of Earthsea, but it's, I, I still, I feel like I defend that movie uh, because I don't think it's horrible. It, It has some problems, but, but other than that, and that's not a Miyazaki movie, uh, other than that, I think they're all really, really good. And I would love to see Tales of Princess Kagawa on the big screen again, because that is just great. I would love to see a Takahata film on the big screen. Yeah, I so, hope they do that. I hope they do too. I hope they do that. Yeah, yeah cause I've seen, I've seen, uh, I did see Only Yesterday and I did see, uh, the, um, I saw Kagawa and Marnie, when Marnie was there, uh, and they're really fun. So. Uh, that'll be fun to at least see Spirit Away. That'll be very special next month. Yes, it will indeed. So, uh, well, where can people reach you? Well, thanks, Rachel. I, uh, I'm on Twitter, so at Stanford Clark. Uh, also, you can follow my, my movie blog, which is StanfordClark.com. Yeah, great. Well, and I am on Twitter at Smiling LDS Girl, and I am now on iTunes, Rachel's Review, so you want to make sure to check that out. Yeah. So we, cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, we have some uh, fun things coming up with the Hallmarkies podcast I've been working on with my friend and uh, some other uh, you know, fun projects coming up. I'm going to be seeing the Frozen musical this weekend. Very so cool. So you will definitely be seeing uh, some updates 
on that. And uh, so for your report, Rachel, I hope it's good. I'm really, really, really thrilled. So thanks again. And uh, we, uh, we will talk again next month. Thank you. Bye.